to the Forking Wellness Podcast. My name is Sophie Bertrand, Registered Associate Nutritionist. And I'm Barry Strickoff, Registered Dietitian, and we have a really exciting guest today. <laughs> I'm Mash Goodwin, I'm Sophie's uh, Instagram fiancé. Instagram fiancé. <laughs> what does that mean? Fiance. Like, what is, what is an Instagram fiancé? I just take pictures of Sophie all the time. <laughs> just record everything that she does. And now we met on Instagram and... I do the latter as well. Yeah. I remember in the first episode, I think, or one of the episodes, like I asked Sophie how you guys met and um, it's a bit of a debate who messaged who first on Instagram. Do you have any um, thing to add to that statement? I, I messaged first. However, she just ignored it pretty much. And then she messaged me like a week later asking about something <laughs> to do with her niece. So I'm Classic. pretty sure... I'm pretty sure it's more than just her knees. But... I had sore knees, and I thought you could help. Because <laughs> I'm a physiotherapist, obviously. <laughs> That's amazing. And now... Uh, but, so- but Sophie definitely followed me first. No. Right, we're not even going to get into that, because he definitely followed me first. But anyway. That's incredible, I love it. That bit does remain, remain unknown, in fairness. I'm, oh, I would put money on the fact he followed me first. I really would. And you, you're like, oh, I don't know. So obviously I'm right. There she goes. There it is. Like, you've spoken the truth. And obviously I'm right. I, I, I can't really defend it because I don't know. That's amazing. Okay, I feel like it's... You guys are, like, sitting together and, like, I feel like I'm going to be, like, the interviewer in this episode. <laughs> which is weird. I feel like it's never really like this. I feel pressure. I feel like Ash talks a lot, so you probably won't hear my voice as much as you normally do on this podcast. And take it away, Ash. Do you want to tell everyone, like, about yourself, like, what you do, who you are, besides being an Instagram fiancé? <laughs> fiancé? Yeah. yeah, so I'm obviously Sophie's instagram fiance and um i currently have a, a recruitment company which i run which we operate in the products and technology space uh, i've been in this area for four years but i guess notably for the listeners um i was in the police when i was 18 until i was 24 and during that period i really did a lot in the bodybuilding space um modeling so i obviously had to keep really lean for, for that uh, i did shows where I, I played second at shows and made the sort of british files in the men's physique category um i've got quite a, a different viewpoint maybe on food than what you have i think we're similar in a lot of ways but we're very we're, we're different in in a lot of ways as well with kind of how i eat how i use the food to basically get myself in in lean shape um so yeah that's kind of a bit about me and my, my background and maybe how, how me and Sophie met was, was because of Instagram and fitness. Um, and I think that was sort of the, the correlation between what I used to do to, to maybe now I don't do it so much. I don't, for the last four or five years, I've not really done anything on Instagram, have you I? Literally, or... when we first met, Ash was literally eating chicken, rice and broccoli and that was it. And I don't think we could have a relationship if he was still eating like that. Because a huge part of yeah. our relationship is... It was, ste- it was steamed fish or steamed broccoli um, with steamed vegetables. And How rice. boring. I'm sorry. He used to poach his chicken. I know. I'm sorry. I, I, I maintain 6 to 8% body fat all year round. But how unmaintainable is that? Yeah, it, it isn't. Manageable. Yeah, like what did you it's, sacrifice? It's hard mentally. So why why did you decide to kind of get into the bodybuilding, like, fitness kind of scene? Obviously, in the police, it's a really active job. Um, I've always exercised from being 
10 or 11. I got my first weights bench when I was 14 and started lifting weights then. Um, just always been astounded with weight training. Uh, yeah. I've always I've absolutely loved it. It's just been a, a big passion. Um, it probably starts from like when I used to watch WWE and then they're all like these big dudes and you're like, oh, how do you get like that? So you started lifting weights and thinking, I think when you're younger, all you think is you lift weights and you eat protein, you're going to build muscle, but it's, it's more complex. Than, I think a lot that. of people, to be fair, still think that. Like, <laughs> yeah. lift weights, eat protein, get big. Yeah, they, they forget about the fats, carbs and micronutrients, which is massively important when you're trying to pack on muscle and size and keep yourself fit and healthy. But obviously when I was younger... It just started off with with that. When um, my sister first met Ash, we were on the train <laughs> in the underground in London, and we were like all going out for drinks together. And Ash was like holding on to one of the bars, and Kitty was like, "Ash, your like arm is bigger than Sophie's head." <laughs> like, he was so muscly he couldn't even get into my mum's car. Like she's got a convertible, and he couldn't get in it because he was so muscly. So, do you look different now than when you first met? Now. Yeah, so if you think like from what being 14, I got really, really into weight training. And then when I was 16, I started going to the gym with, with one of my friends. And then from there, it's just taken off. And initially, it was when I was modeling, you had to just keep really, really lean. Um, just to, you got, I was like about 11 stone. So you've got to keep lean um, just for the shoots. You can't have too big a shoulders. Somebody actually once asked me, you've got to, can you shrink your shoulders anymore? But actually, my shoulders are a bit broader. Um, can you shrink your shoulders? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I feel like if someone said that to a girl, that would be so controversial. But you can kind of say that language to a guy, and it's more accepted, and, like, that's kind of messed up. It's like a backhanded compliment in some respects. Yeah, Because you've got, like, but naturally broader shoulders. So I kind of naturally progressed from the modeling stage to actually get, getting into bodybuilding properly and getting into men's physique and getting into shows. And it's when I was in the police more so, I think it was a really physical job. You're obviously tackling baddies quite quite a lot. <laughs> baddies. Uh, you are, though. I, 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 I'm just picturing I knew, you. Like- I knew, I knew, I, in my opinion, if you're in that sort of area, you've got to have a certain level of physicality to be able to deal with people if you can't verbally talk them down, which you can more times than not, but often you need to use um, yeah, physical force to obviously help prevent stuff from from happening and protect people so it kind of progressed to that and then I, I think i did my first show when i was 22 or 23 yeah um and that was a real experience just like experimenting with my body i went from just eating chicken rice and broccoli even then from being i think from 14 to 18 it didn't really matter too much because your metabolism is so fast and i'd get home from school i'd do my weight session i'd do 300 sit-ups and then go for a run and that was every single day after school and i was super super fit um, uh, and that, that was like seven days a week and then obviously as you get a bit older your metabolism changes a little bit you can't get away with eating chicken dippers after you do a workout <laughs> it just doesn't work um, so then yeah we just progressed I think my diet progressed as well um, I started just ex- researching food uh, researching different sort of diets you can do to compete Yeah. because um, obviously there's so many different sort of dieting styles that you can do when you want to compete in a show and you've got to find out what works for your body. So I probably did that for about a year to experiment with my body to see what worked. And then found one which is carb cycling, which works best for my body, did that, and then obviously did my first show and nearly quit 10 days before the show, but just decided uh, mentally, just hard. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, when you reflect back onto that period of your life, like, um, how do you 
like remember it? Do you just remember kind of like the positives and like, you know, the, I don't know, the adrenaline that you got? Or do you remember like if there was any like real mental like roadblocks or real kind of, do you find yourself getting into any like restrictive OCD tendencies or did you suffer from like food guilt if you deviated from your plan? Like what was your mental state oh, at that point yeah 100 percent. all of that so i mean I, I, did you even used to take your scales to restaurants oh yeah food okay, scales so or body scales weighing scales like a food to like eat, count like, how much grams of protein you're getting yeah yeah so no that's idiot. i mean because i've always been in pretty good shape i've always been lean but to get like stage weight lean and to get that ripped and shredded it's it's a different level than just getting lean to go on a lot's holiday and just be lean for the beach it's it's a different kind of world so in in that 12 weeks it's a bit like when you start and i always you always use this analogy it's like when you start on the stairmaster i used to do an hour on the stairmaster three times a week to to basically um i know to burn a thousand <laughs> calories that was that was kind of the goal so to, to do my cardio um that's why there's no real science in that i saw somebody do it and i thought i'm gonna give that a try and then it was just the mental side of things it was so when you get when you get into it, the first five minutes you're thinking, "Why the hell have I done this? Like, yeah. why have I started doing this?" That's how I feel right you, now listening to it. Yeah, then when you're <laughs> ten minutes in, you're like, "I can't do this. <laughs> I literally can't do this." You get fifteen minutes and you're thinking, "Oh crap!" I've got... Then by the time you get halfway, like, "Oh, actually, can I do this?" Then you get three quarters away, like, "I'm doing this. I'm going to do it." And I think it's like anything in life. The whole what that process actually taught me was like if you can actually just follow a process and trust the process, you can actually achieve anything. And it's the same within businesses. It is what you do in, in the fitness world. It's like, actually, it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. But if you see it through, there will be an end result. See, I have so, a very different mentality because when I'm on the elliptical, let's say I'm like, oh, I'll do 30 minutes. Like, I'll get my cardio in. I literally count backwards. And then I'm like, okay, well, I did five minutes. So I just have like four more five minutes to like do <laughs> and like I come up with like all of these like weird mental two songs left or something exactly I'm like okay I have to watch half an episode of Shit's Creek plus like a half an episode. <laughs> like I come up with like the weirdest ways to count backwards and I literally don't see it as like oh if I can get through this I can get through anything I'm like I'm just gonna hop off right now because I clearly don't want to do this um but like you, was you it just the adrenaline sorry you do become a bit more like sort of mind heavy so like you you're always visualizing the end result and the end goal and i think that's the bit which kind of gets you through it you kind of lose who you are a little bit or at least i did i'm sorry if this is going to sound like me and i'm just trying to understand like what was the end goal Uh, just to get on that stage i think i think a lot of this to do it for yourself but i also knew that i could win I mean, I played second in the first show. I knew yeah. that I, I knew that I was good enough, and I think that that was a part of me, which, in a, in a non arrogant way, I was I was lucky enough to have the right the, the right proportions of a physique to actually step on on stage and actually and actually do something. So when you go through the process, it's it's a lot of self doubt. It's a lot of beating yourself up if you do deviate from the plan, which I'm I'm pretty good because I didn't. Um, especially when you're going to be competing on stage because you've got to be thinking that the other person who's going to be competing against you, they're not going to deviate from that plan and you've got to beat them. So what and happens to... at the end of the show? Like you place either second or first and then what? Yeah, so you get the top three, then you go to the British finals. So can you, when you, like, you've done the show and everything, are you allowed to eat normally again? What happened to your body? Yeah, so... Yeah, that's what I mean. Like what happens next? Yeah. Yeah, so obviously you go through all those, all those, all those like processes. Pain, though, when you 
It's because if you don't reverse diet off what you've been doing, then yeah. Um, what I did for the first time and what a lot of people do is you just eat what you want because you've been deprived of food for 12 weeks and you've been in the I think massive... that's like a really like interesting thing that you just like admit that you've deprived yourself of food for X amount of time just to like look a certain way to stand on a stage to get complimented for the way you look and then you're like <laughs> Literally. I just I don't know I just find it like I know if you're good at something you want to do it and you want to win like that's a natural progression of like the human thought but I just find what you put yourself through to get there and then the end result is so fleeting. It always it only lasts a few seconds when they announce the winner on stage and then what? Yeah, I think the bigger picture is what it does for your mindset. I think whilst it can be really detrimental to your mind, it you're, you're testing yourself, you're testing you as a, as, a, as a person. And whilst it is, a, it, it, you are, when I say depriving yourself of food, you are in a constant deficit. That's, that's the reality. But then I also used to think, well, people in other countries, this is probably like, they'd love to have this much food a day. I think it's because we're probably used to having food around that actually we probably can eat more and we probably do eat more. And uh, I'm not sure if our body mass index is higher than other countries or lower than other countries. I don't really know how all that works. But it was just it's just one of those things where it's just the, the process itself, when you actually do it, you learn each time you do it, you learn so much about yourself. And whilst it's not, I'm not going to say it's healthy because I don't believe it's true health. It's, it's um, not healthy. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's And not. we definitely don't recommend anyone do this. It's, it's, it's not healthy. But I think that people do it nowadays and they do it for a sole purpose. But I think that what I did really did before I actually started any of this, which is a really key point for people to listen to, is educate yourself. I did so much research on nutrition, so much research on on, on basic diet and sort of training and but did you accept that once you'd done it, like you'd done it and you'd have to do something else in life? Well, no, because I did it again, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, well, I, didn't I, mean, like, again. <laughs> I mean, like, once you got it out of your system, like, how, like two years, was it? You did yeah, it I think unless you're going to become a professional bodybuilder, the reality, the reality of the situation is it's never going to be a long-term yeah. plan. I think that I'm really happy that I did it. I'm glad that I did it because I learned so much about myself. I also lost myself significantly in that, in that period of time as well, psychologically... I think once I realized that I was not going to become a professional bodybuilder yeah, um, and I started doing all the Instagram stuff and obviously I was selling nutritional plans just for people who wanted to go on stage and wanted to kind of get sort of really, really lean for, um, now, by the way, this is obviously not something that you guys would promote, but I did it ahead of the curve before everyone else was doing it. This was, what, eight years ago? Right. That I started. Well, you were training time. people specifically for stage, right? Yeah, it was, it, was, it was purely just to get them in. Like It was a short, obviously a four to 12-week plan to get them into shape for a certain goal. Right, so it, it wasn't was... really teaching, like, health or, like, realistic, like, everyday kind of situations. It, it wasn't, like, a long-term longevity kind of thing. It was, like, a very short term for a very specific goal to stand on stage and look a certain way. This wasn't, like, a meal plan to, like, help people, like, live a healthy, balanced life. No, no, obviously, but I think the things that... The thing which I took from it, which which helped me, was, like, you can swap things to make them healthier um, and make them, actually, if you want to, if you want to do a diet, because I think everyone in the world, at some point, they... they if they, if they, what do you mean you can swap things to make it healthier? So instead of having a beef burger, have a turkey burger. Yeah, but some people so, just but, want a beef burger. Sometimes. I know, but it's just it's just a men. It's, in, when you're in this, why is world, a turkey burger a healthier thing. than a beef burger, though? Um, it's it's just to do with the, the what 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 nutritional intake you can take in in each given day for your deficit. Like when you're tracking everything on like whatever my fitness pal, every like food item matters. Like 
an extra gram of fat like messes up the fitness power and like that's is that what you were tracking on yeah yeah pretty pretty much i, I mean, couldn't I, think of anything more time consuming anything I, else. I know it's literally no way to live your life i know but i think for like from the body from a from a, a bodybuilding perspective it's yeah. it's and it's also for your mindset as well it's, it's like if you feel like at least for me anyway um if, if i felt like i was eating a burger because it said burger in it even though it's made out of turkey and it's lean meat that you're eating rather than beef burgers so the fat content's significantly lower but you can't uh, eat lean beef burgers and fat isn't bad yeah no no it's 100 not bad but i, I just want to put that out there it was it's yeah. counterintuitive <laughs> yeah, no, to your person to keep this episode responsible for our listeners so <laughs> No, but it was counterintuitive to your personal goals, but in a general fitness space, it wasn't like you shouldn't always, a turkey burger isn't healthier than a beef burger, but for your specific plan, it was. Yeah, I think for the mindset and for the goal, and I think that if you look at me now to then, I'm significantly, I look at food significantly different. I looked at food so then as a way to help me to get lean and stay shredded, and that was that was the goal. That's all I cared yeah. about. yeah. And it wasn't healthy. It, it it wasn't good. You eat the same. I was eating broccoli or asparagus or green beans every day, and that that was pretty much it. You must have been deficient in so many nutrients as well. Yeah, you are. You are. I think unless you can get your diet into a degree where you can fit all of these bits in, then it's not possible. You can't. Do yeah, that. it's 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 tough. That's why it was a short term. Right. Thanks, but obviously, because of my world and what I was doing, I maintained that level for a long, long period of time, especially for the last eighteen months before I met you. I was um, I was probably about thirteen and a half stone and about seven or eight percent body fat, and that's no exaggeration. When I met Sophie, mm-hmm. um, I constantly looked as if I could pop do within four weeks. I could be on stage, so I was massively deficient in 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 areas. I think that's a good thing for people to understand that actually doing it, it's it's not healthy, it's not sustainable in the long run. And what the way I live my life now is completely sustainable. Yeah. Although although I am dieting again, but this is just for a wedding. <laughs> So that we can be lean for the wedding. Um, for the last four years, I've you know, eaten kind of what I want and not felt guilty about it. Because I used to feel guilty. if. I How did you overcome that mental, like, I used to feel guilty, but now I don't feel guilty? Because I think that's, like, a huge shift in mindset that a lot of people struggle with. So, like, was there anything that, like, helped you or you were just able to, like, completely shift your views? I think what everything that I've, I've done and everything that I've learned is it's educated me on, on me. So you get to know yourself better than what anyone else could. And I think that's when you go through all these processes in from, from a personal perspective. That's what it taught me. Like, I know if I overeat one day, I can pull it back the next day. And that way it will level me, it'll level me out so that I don't pull on too much weight. I think since I've met Sophie, I've lost... I've probably lost about a couple of stone of muscle, maybe a stone and a half of muscle, but I've, I've maintained about 12 and a half stone in, in, in weight. But um, you're so, I feel like you're so intuitive now, because like the other day, he literally had like, what did you have, like a pizza, four cookies, and something else. That's before the diet started. <laughs> and he, it was like the last night before like he wanted to start like trying to get fit for the wedding, and he ate so much, and the next morning I was like, oh, what do you want for breakfast? He was like, oh, I'm still so full from the night before. Like, that's being intuitive. If you genuinely don't feel like breakfast, then that's fine, kind of thing. I, I just listen to my body. I just don't. I don't feel guilt. Why, why should you feel guilty about eating what you want? I think that's the, the. I used to feel guilty. Used to beat myself up all the time because 
it, I used to think if I ate that cookie, then I'd lose an ab. And it's not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but that's what your that's that's a bad point it does to people's minds is when you when you get yeah. to that level to that stage, it really does mess your mind. If it messed my mind up, it really did. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because I think that this conversation happens a lot more with women and like people um or like women are much more vocal about kind of like the mental side of dieting and how it affects us especially in the long term but we don't really hear from like the young fit men out there that say like you know they maybe like women are more um likely to restrict for other reasons so to look a different way than your goals were but you kind of go through the same process and it kind of impacts your life in similar ways doesn't it like um, yeah, absolutely, and you're completely correct. Cause I think even when you speak to, I mean, if you look at Scott, for example, when me and Scott used to diet together, um, one of his friends, we'd, we'd never really I talk assume. about, we'd never really talk about the the negative side of things. Or, or, or literally, we're so focused. If we put that much energy into your career, which is how, which is what I ended up doing, you would achieve I think so we both much. Did that because obviously we both have had difficult relationships with food, and we actually just took that energy and put it in something more positive yeah I, th- I think it's a shifting focus shifting mindset when your whole world is fitness and the fitness yeah. industry and staying lean and, and like you become consumed in it and it becomes really I, it became really negative i don't do much on social media anymore because i just began to just to not like it yeah that's so true actually ash's life with social media when i met him and now he's not on it really at all i feel like i can relate to that like i feel like i'm taking a weird <laughs> shift at the moment where like I I get it. Like when your whole life is one thing, then you wake up and you're like, oh, don't really want to do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, because your work, I think your work, like you are not your work. You are still your own person. And I think that I I lost that identity from trying to do that. Yeah. Um. And and obviously psychologically, it just wasn't it wasn't good for me. It's not good for you to deprive yourself of, of nutrients. It's not it's it's not good in the long run. I think you you shouldn't overeat. You shouldn't undereat. You should just listen to what your body's saying and, and, and eat what your body's telling you to eat yeah um but as long as you're i mean i'm very self-aware and very conscious of that so i think that like like i said if i can eat a lot for a couple of days not feel guilty but i will pull it back because i think that if you continue down that spiral you go into a different area where you're just eating and eating and eating so it's quite it's quite i I'd say I, I am an intuitive eater um i can flick it on and off if i want to diet if i don't want to diet i can care i cannot care um but i'd always try and maintain the right level of balanced food intake now yeah. i always get my my fats in my carbs in my proteins in so do you think your your um shift in the way you view food is less for like fuel and more for like health yeah it's completely the, the, the goal is completely different so enjoyment. like you enjoy food a lot i absolutely that. love food yeah i love food and i love red wine so <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> well it's me even too. to your taste buds so like my taste buds back then were do you remember when I wouldn't eat cheese? Yeah. So, <laughs> when, oh, right. so when I first met him, he was like, I was like, have cheese and everything. He was like, no, no, I don't like cheese. And I knew he was saying it because it was high in fat. I just knew it. So one night we had like all had drinks and my mum made us all cheese on toast and he had some. And the next day we went out for breakfast and he was like, so he's like, I think I'm addicted to cheese. And I was like, why? And he was like, because I haven't stopped thinking about it since I ate it last night. Because that's like, what you deprived not. yourself of when you know, all those years of, you know, not allowing yourself cheese, then you get one taste and you have that classic post-restriction feeling of, exactly. oh my God, I don't know when the next time I'm going to have it again, so I need to keep eating it because yeah. eventually yeah. I'm going to have to stop. 
when in reality it was amazing i still remember the taste to this day it, 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 it generally was that good no it's cheese he eats cheese a lot now. no but i think if you look at i think it, i'm not sure what uh, whether any studies have been done or whether this has been discussed before but i think the taste was when you're when you're literally just eating plain food yeah. with no so- sauces or anything yeah. like that did you have salt I mean, and pepper did you literally just have a plain it was all plain no you have to watch kind of your salt intake as well because water retention salt. yeah yeah oh my yeah. god I love anything I and can. Towards the end of the diet, I was eating, I was drinking like eight liters of water a day as well. Oh, I know. So I would be drowning. Barry would literally. I can imagine you just being like a water bubble. That, that, that was I would literally up. drown myself. Yeah, you would. That, yeah. Was, that was built up intolerance over time, though. It wasn't just like one day you drank eight liters. No, I started off with two liters, then got to three, four, five. Right, I'm, just, I'm still working. I'm still working on my two liters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I've already drunk a liter and a half today, but I just I do like water. Yeah, though. we're quite good at water. Um, yeah, we same. like water. But that, I, I just think with the with the taste, but like now I love red wine. I absolutely I love, love cheese. cheese. <laughs> I love I love quite rich foods now, and it's same. weird because red wine and oh, cheese and makes up a big part of my diet. He also used to be like, I only eat ninety percent, at least ninety percent dark chocolate. Like it has to be between ninety and a hundred. And I'd be like, yeah, okay. And now we have like, white chocolate all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just... I like, more than chocolate now. Yeah, same. Actually, that's really interesting that you said that. Not that I ever really restricted my food, but um, I, my taste buds have changed as I got older, which is weird. I used to be like a chocoholic when I was a kid. Like anything covered in chocolate, like dripping in chocolate. Like my birthday cakes when I were younger were like literally obscene. And now all I want are like gummies coated in sugar. Like, just, like, <laughs> Haribo's, Sour Patch, like... Oh, Ash loves those. Sour Patch. Wow. I like the Percy Pigs as well. I think they're the fizzy ones, though. The M&S ones. Oh, yeah. yeah. Amazing. I love those, amazing. too. It is weird how your taste buds change. But what else were you craving, kind of, like... So you said if you didn't do that, like, proper reverse dieting. So I guess that's something, like, just, like, easing your body into, like, phasing it out so not doing anything too dramatic, um, but yeah. just kind of working it up over time. But most people don't do that, so they kind of like shock their system and they go from zero to one hundred because it's like that binge restrict cycle. So, what foods were you like really craving? Did you crave foods that you don't even like just because you think like deep down you miss that satisfaction? One hundred percent. So, if you look at the next day after my first show, I think after my first show, I was I was was actually a bit poorly after my my immune system was probably so depleted from yeah. I was, I was exhausted. I was tired. I was working in the police, shift work in the police, whilst dieting for twelve weeks, training sort of twelve to fourteen hours a week. It was it was it was a lot to take. So I was a bit sort of depleted, a bit body was completely like done. Um, yeah, your cortisol levels must have been through the roof as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that I just thought I shouldn't swear, but like you can swear. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> I just I just ate um, my first of what I eat was caramel digestives. <laughs> interesting uh, and I had, I had a cup of tea i don't really drink tea but i just had the tea just so it could soak up the digestive was that biscuit. was that like a comfort thing like that was just like the ultimate mix of like comfort versus it. satisfaction versus like sugar and everything I think it's you the needed. Perfect mix, isn't it you got caramel you got biscuit and you got chocolate <laughs> i mean it's great i love that <laughs> it's just like even now it's still a great thing to eat so but did you I, eat like where I caramel ate, I ate, yeah i ate the whole pack and then um <laughs> And then it was literally like just whatever I had there. Like I, you become sort of ravenous. I think that you're yeah. It's like you're uncontrollable and you can't stop eating. Oh, I think it's also because you also it sounds really 
dramatic, but you don't know when you're going to not, like, you don't know when you're going to eat again. I think because yeah. your body's probably in survival mode yeah. uh, to get through, you kind of don't really know when you're going to eat. But then the, the counter effect of that is you become massively bloated and then you bloat for about a week, 10 days, massive water retention. So it's massively counterintuitive. If anyone is listening to this and they are going to ever go for a show, make sure you do reverse diet off because it, it, it's harder on the mind being so, so lean and then looking like a, like, looking like the Michelin man. It's, <laughs> it's also very similar to what happens when people are just like restricting and maybe, you know, yeah. have disordered eating patterns and then kind of starting to break that and the recommendations that their nutritionist or dietitian and psychologist will give them. It's really, really similar um, and kind of those digestive issues and those mental roadblocks along the way. Like, it's all things I've heard from clients before, just in a different a different situation. Yeah, and obviously, you're, you're still weighing yourself pretty much every day, like, throughout this process, and it's it's, it's really not good. Like, now, I, got to, I did get to the stage before I met you where I used to look at myself in the mirror, and I'd know how lean I was from whether my obliques were out or not, and I'd st- I stopped weighing myself towards the end because you become, again, obsessed with that number so on like the scale. He just, like, pinched the fat on his, like, well, there was no fat, but, like, pinched the skin over his abs, and, like, that for him was, like, a measure of whether or not he'd put on weight. And it's also how, like, defined the obliques are. If the obliques are really defined, then you're probably about 8% body fat. Um, and obviously, if it's, like, absolutely shredded to, to, to the bone, you're probably for sort of 6 or 7%. Because I stopped doing all that because it, it started to affect me, and I just didn't, it, it wasn't good for me. But I think it, it took me a couple yeah, of years to learn that. Yeah, your body's meant to have that. Like, you're not meant to be that lean. Yeah, exactly. That is yeah. really protective for our organs, and it's really good for, like, thermal reasons, and it's it, it we need fat to absorb fat-soluble vitamins, yeah. and, yeah, it's good for hormones and everything. Which testosterone as well, isn't it? Yeah, So, hormones. I mean, I mean, your testosterone is down if you're not, eat, you're not eating enough fat. And I think that the problem that I had, because I was kind of, where I lived, I was not in the public eye, but people knew me for doing what I was doing. If you went out and had a drink... Um, People would look at you, oh, you can't do that. Why are you doing that? And it is a weird thing for people to be telling you what you should or shouldn't be doing when actually you... It... But we get that, like, even being nutritionists. I get it all like, the time. Oh, you ate all those chocolates, but you're a nutritionist. <laughs> I used to get it a lot when I was in, like, uni with, like, not really so much my housemates, but, like, other people would be like, oh, you're studying to be a dietitian and you're out here, like, taking shots of tequila and eating pizza at 2 in the morning. Like, really? Yeah. And I was like, I'm how over old I was like that's just life like don't just because I'm on a certain road in my career path doesn't Mm -hmm. mean I can't live the same life that everyone else is living yeah exactly and just be educated at the same time (laughs) yeah and just have balance like it's so unrealistic and just like un like sustainable to just be a hundred percent of one thing all the time and unenjoyable Mm -hmm totally unenjoyable and I think what I started to do over over time was stop apologizing stop stop saying like stop stop giving yourself a hard time mm-hmm. which is kind of how it's gotten to me being more intuitive because i think well i know that i'm fit i know that i'm healthy i exercise i eat right generally on well, yeah, a day-to-day like, basis if we eat too I'm... much one night and like we're overly full we literally just laugh at each other like i've laughed at you so many <laughs> times because you're like oh i'm so full and it's just like okay it's fine like we'll get over it kind of thing the point yeah. will go down and like today's another uh, tomorrow's another day yeah, and obviously I don't feel guilty about it. So yeah. I think if you feel guilty about that, then I'm not sure what, what that means. But like, I just don't good. care. I just don't care. And I think that when you used to go out, and because you were kind of in that eye a little bit, um, it used to push me the other way. Obviously, when I was doing it, because it was my financial income as well, I, I had to 
restrict going out maybe as much yeah. as what I would like to just to because I, I, I have bills to pay yeah you have an you have an image to upkeep and I think that that the pressures of actual social media there actually probably made me do what I did for a bit longer mm. um and obviously you're people want to see you looking lean and shredded and strong and you've got you've got to constantly upload upload to basically make other people happy it wasn't making me happy but it was making other people or at least in my mind it, it was making other people happy or my clients happy because they yeah. see me practicing what i preach i think that's a um, huge part of social media is like doing things for the perception or the other the perception of other people and not really doing it for yourself and then you're kind of in this vicious cycle it's like the brand that you created and you have to mm-hmm. you keep up the brand especially if it's your source of income but at what yeah. point do you drop that and just listen to your body and be like well what's going to make me happy even if it's different than what your audience and your followers think and i think it takes yeah, a lot exactly. of courage takes a lot of courage to break that cycle yeah and it's like i eat like i've been at this point so many times where it's like are you posting a picture for you or because you think it's going to get a load of likes yeah and like ash like you've said to me so many times in the past like stop posting if it doesn't make you happy like if you're not enjoying it just don't do it yeah i literally posted on my instagram twice this week there was a point where i used to post every single day and i just like couldn't bring myself to even like check my phone this week because other things were going on and other priorities are happening and that was just last on my priority list. And maybe next week it'll be first on my priority list. And maybe I'll have yeah. all this motivation to do it and I'll really want to do it. Um, but not forcing yourself to do it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, and I think that's the lessons which that period there taught me was like, you've got to do things for, for yourself. And I think when, when I met Sophie, I I I was, in a, I was in a difficult position kind of in life. I was still lean, still doing everything I was doing. Um, and I used to think like having a an eight pack was life and that was kind of my attitude um and then when I met you things just kind of changed I think that I was starting to become happy with who I was which is massively important just in in life and my motivation shifted from just giving a shit about how how I looked to okay I need to have a career outside of this you were on your own first then being in a relationship and your goals and priorities are not just for yourself, but now for the, they're for the two of you. So it makes kind of sense that, you know, it, it became like a bigger picture, um, moment. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and it was interesting because had I not done everything I'd done for maybe the last, what, six, seven years before I met you, I might not have been able to be, be able to push myself as much in the business side of things. I said to you, didn't know, within two years, a two year period, I wanted to be able to buy a house, so all I did was work effortlessly, effortlessly for those two years, yeah. and just gave my all and just pushed myself even harder. Um, it's think, like to a fault sometimes. Like you're so, I still think you're way too hard on yourself sometimes. Yeah, I am, but I think that nobody's ever going to be perfect, and I think that no. I'm, I'm okay with that as well because I I want to set myself high standards for whatever I'm doing, and like, yeah. I'm I'm fine with that though. I'm not like. It's detrimental sometimes, but you're still. I think everyone's still learning about who, who they are yeah, every single definitely. day for the rest of their lives. I don't think anyone's really fixed that. But I think within a two year period, to progress from being in recruitment to being from being a consultant to a manager is is really really quick. Building yeah. a team, a multi million pound turnover um, business, I wouldn't have been able to achieve that had I not tested myself physically and mentally. At least that's what I believe. Because I've been I've been through worse pain, yeah. Than than what I was doing there. So your pain threshold becomes a bit better, a bit it's higher. Such a it's, weird it's... concept. 
Actually, it uh, is. the way Ash thinks is quite different to the average person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. very mind heavy. It's very interesting way to view it that, you know, you've been through worse and that means that you can do it again, even though that suffering, like you can admit that that suffering was really painful and you wouldn't want to do it again, but it still can weirdly motivate you to keep going. It's like a weird counterintuitive mindset, but it works for you and that's fine. I'm just trying to like digest it. Um, I just found the way to, to use all of the work that you've done to some good, some good use. I think that because I'm very very mind heavy it just basically just means that I can pull things and push things from other places and and power it into one area and become hyper focused in that to make sure I can achieve it I think there's there's always going to be that little area where okay when's enough going to be enough Um, and I think that's just again that's just part of life again though isn't it I think I stopped apologising about a lot of stuff Mm. um, which which has helped me to become intuitive but it's helped me on my day to day just to I, people shouldn't be sorry for who they are. Yeah, I I, I, I did that. I think, a lot. Yeah, I apologize I think the whole for everything. Probably to this stage. Pardon? I apologize for everything, and like at work, my manager always is on my back because I use a lot of um, justifying language. Like even in emails, like "Hey, just reaching out because," and it's like you don't have to justify why you're doing something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's your job. Just be like "Hey," and then just say uh, what you need. Yeah. yeah. So I do that a lot. I apologize for a lot, and I self-justify a lot. So um, yeah, maybe you, you I can take... apologize. Though. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> we're all we're all people. We're all got like massive strengths and massive weaknesses, and like I always say that we're all just people. We're all just trying our best. And I think that I'm just yeah, just just don't apologize. Yeah. No, I like that. I will. unless you've actually completely messed up messed up with something, then you've got to say something. <laughs> unless <laughs> you did sorry. something really wrong, then definitely apologize. But, I mean, you shouldn't apologize for who you are and, and, and kind of what you are and how you eat. And that's kind of my journey from being so restricted to too much exercise, which made me fall out of love with the gym. I think that's that's a, a fair to say. To now where I'm actually enjoying exercising again, like I enjoy my foods. Like I'm, I'm I am dieting now, but. I know the process, I'm enjoying it. I know it's just a, a goal for a period yeah, of time. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, and... you're only doing it for like three months or whatever, whereas I feel like when a lot of people go on diets, they think it's like, okay, this is the way of eating for the rest of my life. And do you think you have a much more flexible view this time, like yeah. in your approach to it's things? It's not life or death. It's not all or nothing. There's a lot of yeah. grey. It, it, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not stepping on stage. We're, I'm getting, I, want, I wanted to lose about half a stone for the wedding. But that's just for vanity reasons, not for anything else. Because I look fine. Yeah. Like, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like I, don't, I don't need to lose any weight, but I just want to look leaner for when we're in France. Hopefully, if we make it there. Oh. <laughs> um, but it's yes, yeah, for pure for vanity. But again, like tonight, I'm, I'm gonna have a pizza later. Do you get any like negative thoughts come back into your mind, and you just choose not no. to listen to them, or those thoughts don't even exist? No, I, th- I think it's because I know it's not going to be anywhere near as tough as what it was. It's going to be... I mean, yeah, no, but do you get bad thoughts when you have a pizza? No. Why? Because I think it's an interesting <laughs> concept. No, just because I, I was actually having this conversation with someone the other day, is that when a lot of people kind of, like, recover maybe from disordered eating or eating disorders, I kind of... And I can't really relate, so I this is what I think happens, but I think there's two different kind of people. I think that there are the people that still hear those voices... And then choose to ignore them, just like hear them, but they know what's best for them, and then they move forward. And then I actually think there's some people who just don't hear them anymore. Mm. I, I don't think you get that, that many voices, do you? 
I just I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So I think that it, I mean it I'm... is different. Um, your mindset is different from that, but I do think it's interesting because yeah. sometimes people can hear them, choose to ignore them, versus like they literally don't exist anymore. Yeah. Well, if you look at like my day to day, like for the last four years since I've met you, I've never been on a diet. I've never put on weight. I've I've I probably stayed the same over a yeah. four-year period just yeah. from eating a balanced diet and exercising and mm. doing what everyone should do but I, I do put it down as like I whilst I'm, I knew that when I was bodybuilding I was you do have to restrict certain a certain calorific intake that's just the reality of it right um I'd educate myself on food I'd le- I'd read so much I'd, I'd I was literally like I used to read pretty much every single day on new studies like I used to follow Lane Norton. Is like I, I'm a I like him. I'm not sure everyone else does, but I do like him. Uh, I used to listen, read everything that he did, which is all science based on on nutrition and training. And it wasn't just him; there's many other people. I just used to read a lot. So yeah. I think that when you educate yourself on nutrition, you know what you're doing is right. You know what you're doing is wrong. And I think there's a lack of education for, from people. That's probably the reason why they feel guilty. Yeah, do you I think feel that's part of it. so? Ash, like sometimes doesn't prioritize getting five fruits and veg a day yeah but wouldn't you say that not wouldn't you say sometimes that not prioritizing that all the time is actually quite intuitive yeah but i I was just interested to know whether or not you feel better on the days where you do eat more fruit and veg i don't see any difference really not because the thing is like i know that you you do go on about me sing through <laughs> yeah, you, no. you want me to reach 10 but the reality is I'm, you're never gonna reach 10 no the thing is like one day i might eat six the other day i might eat four yeah that's fine but like like uh, just like to keep good. like so i'm happy i always just actually i was gonna say i always make sure you have veg for dinner but i don't always do that if it says to me like i really don't feel like greens with my dinner i'm like okay that's fine yeah because i'm just doing what makes me happy and i think that like i i do eat fruit and veg every day yeah, um, I mean, I think that's a lot better than most men, um, especially from my experience. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. Mark, Mark's doing great. He really is. I'm actually so proud of him. He's cooking and he's loving yeah, it. Yeah, Barry's persistent going on at Mark has really paid off, you know. <laughs> but it's it's been a very, like, mix of, like, subconscious um, persuasion and just, like, yeah. leading by example and then... Um, a little bit of reverse psychology. A lot of reverse psychology. <laughs> um, and it's consistency as well, though. Like if he starts consistently eating that, it's the same with me. Like I consistently eat stuff day to day, so I it doesn't bother me. If I yeah, this one. I just think if, if it also it also depends on what goals people have and this cha- the um, the point of motivation they are at. So like when you look at like um, what's that process called? Like um, oh I've drawing a blank but like a lot of the time I think that Mark Lee is at like the pre-contemplation stage like he's like he kind of wants to do it but he's not ready to take the leave because like the oh, effort yeah, no, I get that. Um, <laughs> so I think he's in there a lot so it's it's subconsciously coercing him to take the next step forward but not I always think that like the goal though should just be to feel better yeah and but you also got to enjoy food, and I don't, shit. like, there's a lot of, like, vegetables I just don't enjoy eating. Yeah, no, that's absolutely no, fine. And, like, chocolate makes me feel better sometimes, therefore that should be a staple in my diet. What, um, things have you, like, learned from living with Sophie? And, like... Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think a different way of looking at food and, and eating food, I think that 
in terms of like our diets on a day to day, Sophie's diet is is better than mine than in a day to day, but it suits her. Yeah. Uh, that's that's great. And I think that my diet because of what I do and how I work and sometimes I'm very rushed, like I I'm happy to eat on the go. I'm happy I like, I don't need to set myself some time to to eat, I'll just eat at my desk and I'm fine yeah. with that. Ash is one of those um, people who will like walk through London eating a wrap, which distresses me so much. I, I can do that can't... easily as well, though. Oh, I just can't walk and eat like on the. It just distresses. Well, it's me. usually because you you be, you become so busy, but you want to make sure you're still looking after yourself mm. because you can't be busy if you're not here and you're not looking after yourself. So it's for me if I'm doing it at my desk, I'm I'm okay with that and I'm happy with that. Then it kind of fine so but I, I would love to be able to set myself that time aside to actually eat the food I think that's something I'd love to be able to do and Sophie's great at doing it like she's she's really really good at setting herself a breakfast time <laughs> don't disturb Sophie during the breakfast that's that's the key takeaway to anyone um and then, again with dinner but you're also you're so good with eating sort of like a, a really varied diet whereas before my diet wasn't very varied and I think yeah. that's something chicken rice broth life yeah, maybe a bit of asparagus or green beans. Um, <laughs> I feel like he would happily just have like sweet potato fries and fish fingers, chicken and sweet potato fries. Like I love sweet potato fries. So I've definitely put more variety into his diet. What are some foods that you never thought you would try but now eat because Sophie has them? Are they just like they're exposed cheese. to you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, butter, cheese. Yeah, butter. You didn't have. Didn't use have butter. Um, I still eat pretty much... Maple syrup? Yeah, I do like maple syrup. <laughs> um, I, still stay, I still eat the same vegetables. Like, like I do... I think you put... You do me a smoothie where you put spinach in and berries and banana, and I think that's that's good to get a mixture, like, a more variety in my diet. Um, pastas or veggie pastas? I used to eat pasta, though. Did Not you always one. eat beans and, like, legumes, or is that something no. that's new? No, chickpeas and black yeah. beans he eats now. Lentils. I do like they wrote those red kidney beans in the chili sauce. They're good. Yeah. Oh yeah, the ones you get like already in the chili they're, sauce. They're, they're very good. I wish I knew about them historically. <laughs> really? Well, yeah, they're really tasty, aren't they? They impacted so. your life that much. <laughs> I think so. And they count towards your five or ten or whatever yeah, your do. goal is a day. Yeah. Yeah. They count. How many do they count to? Just, Just one. one. Yeah. <laughs> what have you eaten more than like? No, it's still no. the same. Okay. <laughs> I think that's something which um, I didn't know as well. I used to think because I was eating four or five portions of broccoli a day, that was four or five of my five a day. And I, right. had to, I had to educate myself on that. It was just completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the goal is not just quantity, but it's diversity as well. Yeah, I think a lot of men probably don't know that. <laughs> I mean, I just found out that 15 plus 15 SPF doesn't equal 30, so I feel like it's the same mentality, but in a different way. I don't even want to go there because I don't understand that. <laughs> Like, if my um, moisturizer had SPF 15, and then let's say my makeup had SPF 15, that doesn't mean I'm wearing SPF 30. It means I'm still wearing SPF 15. Just what's the point? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what to say to that. So what would you say now is, like, your favorite food? Favorite favorite food. Favorite food. Why? I said to him the other day, I was like, "What would like your last bite be? So like your last bite of food, like your last mouthful of food?" And he said, "The last bite of a Velveeta biscuit." 
the strawberry Velveeta ones. Like the film. And it's, the, the it's, it's like the, the edge of it, like the edge of it. I started like cutting them, like uh, like breaking them in half, so you get two bites of it. It makes it like double as nice. Okay, last like meal. I just like pizza. Yeah, I like pizza too. What about I mean, your favorite your favorite thing that Sophie cooks you? Yeah? Mm. I do quite like that pasta bake you do. It's got loads of like green like beans and stuff in there. Lots it? of diversity. Although she does she, cheese on she does stick too much broccoli on it sometimes. But it's, mean, it's, it's only on <laughs> it's only on my portion, not her portion. <laughs> like, I can definitely see it. That's how much I eat as well. I do the same. Oh, you think that she puts more in your plate? 100%, yeah. Well, please, my favourite vegetable, and I'm going to hand that out. Like, Tell you plate that. <laughs> <laughs> so what What would your definition of health be now? Actually, what was it when you were bodybuilding, and what is it now? Uh, when I was bodybuilding, it was like, well, you... Abs. Yeah, you can, you can get... You can, my, I had, like, a little saying, you can get away with anything when you've got an A-pack. It's, it's different. It was, it's, it's, a very, it's a very interesting mentality. Very douchey, yeah, it's a very douchey man, Lottie. like, laddie type of, like, thought process. But that's how it, like, that was... I, I did enjoy it for a long period of time, though. Like, I enjoyed being that lean. But in terms of, like, happiness, then I think just eating a balanced diet every day, not giving yourself a hard time. Your version of balance. Yeah, just my version of, like, what I enjoy eating. Like, I, I still am addicted to, like, so I, I've become addicted to certain foods where I'll eat that same food every day for four weeks. But I, 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 I just, just really enjoy it. I think that's, like, just um, an example. Of it. I mean, I'm not psychoanalyzing you, but I could yeah. if you want me to. But um, I do yeah, think, <laughs> from what, like, you've been saying, it sounds like you do kind of have that, like, maybe, like, addictive personality traits. Um, 100%. So maybe it's it's not like, it, I don't know if you're addicted to that food, but you're kind of the person who just like will do something until it no longer becomes exciting and then you'll find something else to do and then yeah. that'll not become exciting anymore. You might go back to something you used to do. It might be exciting again or yeah. it might be... I feel oh, like I do that as well with some foods. I think a lot of people do. They're yeah, like, like I'll be obsessed with pasta for ages and then I won't eat it for ages. Like, do you remember when I used to eat those kidney beans every day? Yeah. Yeah, I do think that I do have more addictive traits than the average person, but I learned how to channel that. Yeah, in, it's not a bad thing. Into, into, into goodness, because exactly. I think that a lot of people can take it in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, and obviously, when you're bodybuilding, I, I was I was addicted to to to, the, to it. There's no yeah. like two ways about it. There was huge addiction there. Um, so I think that nowadays it's just more about health and happiness, like general health to me is actually just being able to go for a run just being able to do like i'm still going to be wanting to do pull-ups and push-ups and see how much i can lift and stuff like that i think that's just but that's again fun from a physical side of side of things from a from a nutrition side of things it's just making sure that i'm consistently balanced yeah i let myself have a treat if i want one i don't have one if i don't feel like i need one i think that i just try and eat I don't even know where I didn't know I was. I was an intuitive eater until maybe you suggested that I could be. Mm. Um, I think you are. I'm not guilty. I don't feel bad about anything. I just want to eat what I want, but I want to make sure I can live for as long as what I can. And I think that when I was younger, you probably put stuff into your body just to, for a certain goal. And as you get a bit older, you want to look after your organs. You want to look after your yeah, your you health. Live and, a long life. Yeah, just but also the happiness element. Like looking back, I was in my feelings. I wasn't happy. Okay, Drake. Yeah. <laughs> you know. 
Um, now I'm now now I can wholeheartedly say that like the happiness is like I'm, I've become happy. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I don't think that many men would like have that same viewpoint on food, but I think it's great that you do. Um, I think that you probably have subconsciously taken a lot um, from Sophie, maybe without like realizing, because you do kind of echo a lot of her like philosophy on food, which is great. Even though I, you think, might she, not. I think she echoed my philosophy on food, but <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we. I think we are similar. We're we're, we're still vastly different. Yeah, we're similar in, but different in, in the foods that we eat. But I think just in terms of like, it's probably what helped us when we first met was like her understanding of food, my understanding of like, even though I, I, I ate certain portions, I'd still understand different foods and their importance yeah. to, to you. And I think that I was, just, I was ready to move away from what I was doing and progress in life in a different way. Yeah. Um, Perfect timing. Yeah. <laughs> we could no. not have been together if you were eating. No, we couldn't have. I wasn't, I wasn't right to be in a relationship with anyone when I was doing yeah. that because you can't, you, you don't really like yourself. Too you can't much. really live your life properly when you're, constantly prioritizing yeah you know, you're constantly s- sacrificing yeah imagine even our first day i brought scales to the to the to the restaurant can you just wave me out some chicken and rice please imagine <laughs> no. you'd have loved it still <laughs> <laughs> probably all right amazing i have um like one other question just like out of curiosity um okay. Have you listened to any of our other podcast episodes? Yes, Ash. Have you? I've listened to one full through. What one was that? The first one. Okay. I think that's because, like, when you were there, when Sophie and I recorded it, you and Mark, we made you sit down and we made oh, you yeah, listen to it. Oh, yeah, we did. That was, that was it. And we kept going I into... I you weren't going to remember that, Barry, but okay. <laughs> we kept going into the room and we were, like, trying to put our ears to it. And we were like, are they listening? Are they listening? No, they're just talking about football. <laughs> they were literally just playing FIFA on mute. While yeah. this was in the background, but n- yeah. none of them were paying attention. Yeah, Mark was beating me. Um, <laughs> no, I've, li- I've listened to I listened to I've listened to one more, and I've listened to a few minutes of some others. So, so yes and no, but I do think that. I'm just curious. You don't have to justify it. You don't have to apologize. <laughs> I was going to do a Barry and justify like why I hadn't, but I think, I, I think that's I'll... okay. You listen to a few. No, I have. I've. I've, I've... And we're still recording, aren't we? Um, I put them on silent in the background so you get a view. <laughs> you get a that's very kind of you. I think that's more than Mark does, so I think that's good. I don't even think he knows what our podcast is called, but we're definitely going to have him. Um, yeah, I really um, want to get Mark on this We're going to coerce him um, yeah. on the podcast no, eventually. I, I wonder how vastly different that one will be. Yeah, I'm excited yeah, for it. Yeah. It might be a bit more contentious. Mm. I wonder if, like, if he eats it and boosts his brain power to teach, like, better or something. Interesting. You know what? I'll, I'll ask him. Maybe the four of us will do that podcast. Um, okay. I've been a great guest, so. <laughs> you have been a great guest. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to your perspective on things. I think it's great to always just get different people on who just has different perspectives, but it's interesting that we all kind of have, like, the same end result like happiness yeah. healthiness balance yeah. just do what you want kind of thing um but how we all get there could look vastly different it's so different yeah and it's just like an interesting conversation to have yeah 
My phone's not having me. You're happy now. You've had your podcast episode. A little bit. It took for a lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) We literally have no other option. (laughs) No kidding. We're on a lockdown. You have to have me on your podcast. To be honest, to be honest, I had you on the schedule for a while, so don't worry. I did. Yeah, that's good. At least Barry was rushing. She she did ask Barry and Barry wanted to go on before me, but. Priorities have shifted. All right, cool. amazing. All right, thanks for having me. Of course. Well, if everyone can please rate, review, and subscribe, that would be super helpful. And keep writing in to forkingwellness at gmail.com if you have any questions or stories or anything. And we will be back next week. Bye, guys.